1: And welcome to another edition of the X-Zone, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you would like to send me an email, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com on all social media sites, x Radio TV. To find out about the programming available to you 24-7, 365 on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit our website at xzbn.net. And for the schedule of the Zone TV channel, exclusively on Simul TV. Visit www.simultv.com. Exonation, Nation, my guest this hour is Christy Robinette, and we're gonna be talking about Christy's new book entitled, Journey to the Afterlife. Joining me now from the beautiful state of Michigan, just up the Great Lakes from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, is Christy Robinette. And Christy, welcome to the Zone.
2: Yay, thank you so much for having me.
1: Christy, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Oh, I am um, from, like you said, the Detroit, Michigan area. Yep. I actually was born and raised in Detroit, unlike Eminem who says he was, or Kid <laughs> Rock. I actually <laughs> was. My address was the 313. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, right. So I just have to I have to put that out there all the time. Of course. Time. Um I was raised in a, a parochial upbringing, mm-hmm. and um but I was also born as a medium. I was able to see those that had crossed over onto the other side and yeah. those that had not and being raised in that type of a household, you know, being being kind of laughed at that what I was experiencing was imaginary. Yeah. Um, was an interesting, you know, experience. Um, and and so here I am, you know, 40 plus years later mm-hmm. and talking about it and it's so great, like shows like yours Thank that you. allow us to kind of come out of the closet.
1: You know, it's, it's funny because throughout history, people have been talking about conversations with the dead, seeing the dead. And and I, for one, cannot understand what took it so long in order to be accepted. For example, the the main religious philosophies of the world are based on death.
2: It's true. I yeah. mean, even in the Bible, yeah. you know, Jesus Jesus died and came back as what his disciples referred to as a ghost.
1: That's right. And, and so, and, and,
2: absolutely.
1: And Jesus brought Lazarus back from the dead. So you know.
2: Yeah, it's fear. I've always classified it as, you know, the the death and the afterlife Mm -hmm. that a known equates into just that fear. And and we're such a, a a conversationalized, or at least we try to be conversationalized society now, Mm -hmm. that we do have all these different opportunities to, you know, have these, you know, deep conversations where it was women were, you know, in one room Mm -hmm. and men were in the other smoking a cigar, you know, for a long time. So that we were probably having those conversations, just not with one another.
1: I, I remember when I moved to Ontario from Montreal, where I'm originally from, Uh, you would go into a tavern and there was a room for men and a room for ladies. And I'm saying, what the heck's going on here?
2: You know, shouldn't we all
1: be together enjoying ourselves, talking to each other? And anyway, thankfully that did happen. But, you know, I, I appreciate the Irish because what they do is they celebrate the life of the dearly departed instead of mourning. Because mourning is more or less for those who are left behind. Whereas the Irish say, "Hey, it's the we're, you know it's let's say it's a Joe Flanagan's uh, wake, let's celebrate <laughs> his life."
2: It's true, and I and I actually am Irish descent, so maybe that was the curse of the mediumship with me is I have Irish on both sides of my family, so I'm I'm pretty much eighty percent Irish. But um, yeah, I, you go to New Orleans, mm-hmm. you know, here in the states, and they celebrate. They have a parade. Yep. They have a party. And, um, and I recently went to a, a funeral of a loved one and they did the same thing. You know, everyone got up and they talked about the funniest experiences that they had with, with the person that mm-hmm. had, you know, crossed over and we laughed and not once did I think that it was disrespectful. Not once.
1: No, neither do I. I think it, what it does is it shows more respect than everybody moping because what is what you're you're not you're not i i this is my just just my opinion when you're at a wake and everybody's sad you're sad because you are going to miss that person that person has gone to where everybody is going to go anyway
2: it's true and i had an interesting i've never talked about this experience Mm -hmm. probably a decade ago um a client Of mine uh, her brother had passed in a a really horrific car accident and 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 I try to be there for my clients and so I went you know nobody likes to go to a funeral you know or a funeral home and then here I am I can actually see them and sense them and some of them need help to cross over so it's kind of work for me but in a selfish way Um, but so I had gone and as I, I I didn't know anybody other than my client and I watched her brother in spirit, you know, look at the people looking at him in the casket and kind of finding their little clicks together and having their conversations. And, and he would look over at me and he'd be like, they got that story completely wrong, you know? And it was, it was (laughs) kind of hysterical to afterwards, you know, kind of pull my client aside and give her the lowdown of her brother, you know, sort of crashing his own funeral. Yeah. And and she loved it, you know, and they ended up sharing with the friends and the family the things that were said with it. But that that gave me kind of a eagle's eye view with how those on the other side actually view their own wake. And they do. They're like, why are you crying? You know, I realize that you're sad and I'm not yes. here, but I'm still here. I really am still here. And that's the reason why I started writing the books. That's the reason why I kind of came out of that medium, that psychic medium closet, is to co- bring not just comfort, but my sessions and hopefully the books. They're, they're just not cry fests, but you also laugh and you think as well through it.
1: So would you say that was your prime motivation for writing your book?
2: It is my prime, my one of my prime motivations, and this is going to sound completely hypocritical, Mm -hmm. is I started to see this influx of these mediums and psychics and new age people come on board. And be ambulance chasers for those that were grieving and charging outrageous amounts yeah. of money. Now, yeah. we should all, you know, get paid. You sure. know, we should all be able to pay our bills yeah. and, you know, and all of that. So, I'm, I'm, I I'm, mean, I do, you mm-hmm. know, so I don't want anybody, you know, saying you really are hypocritical because you charge for a reading. Well, I do. But you don't have to charge $1,000 for 30 minutes or $5,000 for 10 minutes. Like, I, I started to see this in flux of and. When I started writing, I want, I want the everyday person who maybe can't afford or is afraid to get a session to be able to learn how to connect with their loved one on the other side. And it's not that complicated. And I'm, I've been doing it since I was three. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that I know it all, but I know what I know. And so I started writing in the way that I hoped that they'd be able to learn something and maybe find that comfort through through their grief and find their ability to to be able to connect with their loved one without paying thousands of stupid dollars to do it which i think is just ridiculous it's just it's like i said it's ambulance chasing
1: it's a crime it really is yeah you know because... and i
2: see this horrible i mean i've seen people in my field which i'm embarrassed to say go through the obituaries go to the oh, funeral
1: homes that's call
2: these people or send them brochures and these people that are desperate that are grieving they fall for it because they're oh in gosh. that moment and i typically say wait a year before you see any medium mm-hmm. because of that start you have to think you have to go on sure. in with a a, a straight head uh,
1: i've been doing this show now for 29 years and I'll tell you something, I've seen it go from a show of interest, a show of education, uh, and watching the the different influx of, of paranormal investigators, Bigfoot investigators, psychic right. mediums, tarot card readers. This genre has turned into a cash cow.
2: Absolutely. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. It
1: is. It truly is. And it's it's amazing that you know, Barnum must be looking down and saying, see, I told you there was one born every minute.
2: Right, yeah. And and I go from lo- not not necessarily being a cash cow, but loving the mm-hmm. idea that more people, like I said, are kind of coming out, but also hating the idea because it really honestly does become a, a, a three-ring circus.
1: Yeah, Well, I, we've got to take a commercial break uh, very shortly. But what I've seen is that... The majority of psychics, mediums, tarot card readers, what they are, they're not, they're not anything else but actors because they really have no idea what they're doing except what they read in books.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I yeah. Unfortunately, here I am in the industry and I'm like, I agree with you. So I don't want to sound like the elite one, but I do. I agree with you.
1: You and I have to take our break. Please stand by. ExoNation, Christy Robinett is our special guest this hour. She's the author of Journey to the Afterlife. And her website is christyrobinett.com. That's K R I S T Y R O B I N E T T dot com. And Christy and I will return on the other side of this break as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal, the science of parapsychology, and uh, and the and the Oscar goes to well, certainly not us because we're down to earth people. Wow, uh, you know what? Cash cow actors frauds, charlatans, gypsies, tramps, and thieves. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
0: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying...
1: guess of this hour, explanation is Christy Robinet. And before we went to, uh, came back on here, I was telling Christy that way back when we used to do the psychic fairs, we used to go to the UFO congresses or whatever they're called, the New Age uh, symposiums, and, and we stopped going. I, I refused to go because what I saw were people who were desperately looking for answers. of these answers they could have easily found themselves if they just would have taken the time and thought about it. But they would come in and they would go from psychic to psychic to psychic to psychic and they'd stop and you'd watch them walk out. And it took me a little while to understand what was going on was they'd go from psychic to psychic to psychic to psychic to psychic until they heard what they wanted to hear and then they'd leave. And um, I I just think that's wrong. I really do and... um,
2: well, and disappointment comes from that, because mm-hmm. when I start my sessions, I often say you may hate me, you know, by the end of this. You you may because I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what you're supposed to hear. And, and hopefully that puts you on the path to get you to where you want to hear, you know, to, to where you need to be. But it's but it's not always that easy, quick, you know, fix on right. it's. It's it's got it, there's so it's like I don't know if you remember when The Secret came out you know oh, the yeah, whole sure. when Oprah and The Secret and you wish it and it's oh, gonna yeah. happen and and all of that it's mm-hmm. it's very similar I mean they really kind of you know took that metaphysical you know element to – and I I had employees at the time I was working in the corporate world and I had employees that were quitting their jobs and I was doing I was doing the mediumship I was working with the police at the time um, on, on cases on unsolved cold cases and I didn't want my employer to know so I'm doing that and I'm kind of working in the field on the side on on the down low and I was working human resources in corporate world, which I was utilizing the intuitive side, but I couldn't say grandma's in back of you and telling you, sure. you know, you need to go get a certification. <laughs> so I, I had, to, you know, kind of, I kind of was lying in my corporate world, to be honest. But, um, so I was seeing as the secret came up, came out that my employees were quitting their jobs because they just felt like I'm going to quit. Oh, and if I believe sake. that I'm going to be able to, to do great things, that that's all I'm going to do. And I had one friend that's, that bought this huge house and bought this brand new truck. And I'm like, you don't even have a job. What are you doing? And she's mm-hmm. like, I believe in the secret. I believe that if I believe that that's what's going to happen. And of course, you know, the house got taken away a year later and the truck was re three months later. And, you know, so it's the same thing with this sort of, sort of genre mm-hmm. is that you have to have common sense
1: yeah but you see the the thing that the secret never told you was they kept the biggest secret to themselves
2: (laughs) they were keeping the biggest money yeah not only that but they
1: forgot to tell you that sure you can get anything you want but you have to work for it it just won't pop up in your in your driveway if you want a ferrari and you've got ferraris plastered
2: all over your house nope there's intention that has to happen and there's action Yes. That really has to happen yeah. and unfortunately, nobody wants to work anymore. everybody wants you know that easy paycheck and even this industry, I'm surprised because I teach psychic awareness mm-hmm. classes and and you know and and all after I've taught you know a three hour class, everyone's like, I'm gonna quit my job and I'm gonna do what you do and I I, I don't want to sound again like the elite, but I'm like, it takes way more than a three hour class, Exactly. you know, to be able to do this. There, there's a lot, there's mm-hmm. a lot more involved, including business, yeah. you know, that's connected with that. And, you know, and then they come back, you know, three months later and they're like, I got to look for a real job because I can't do your job. It's exhausting. And my clients are are mad at me because what I'm telling them isn't tr- you know isn't true and or I'm telling them what they want to know yeah. or I can't connect to their loved ones or what have you. And everyone's looking for the easy paycheck. Well
1: when when clients do come to you, is there a set group of questions that you hear time after time after time?
2: A lot of times and, and again it goes back to why I wrote the books. Mm-hmm. Was that, you know, what are the signs that my loved ones are sending me? Right. And, um, and I get a lot of the whole, you know, what is my guide's name? I, I, I kind of laugh because it always reminds me of sylvia brown on montel williams oh with that you know or what was i in a past life because mm-hmm. in sylvia's world everybody was royalty you know nobody was the peasant everybody was a king so or a queen <laughs> but you know so i always you know i try to stay because they don't know it they're excited the clients oh, you, are well, excited well i gotta I try t- not to be disrespectful i've got to tell
1: that. you this about sylvia brown okay i we had her booked three months after she died like interesting like uh, how come she didn't know she was going to die
2: Uh i i have a sylvia brown story so i was work i was working police cases mm-hmm. at the time and and i still do but at the time it was it was really I, I was doing a lot i was probably overwhelmed well she also was called on a police case here in the states mm-hmm. that i was called on and the police said you know is there was a child that was kidnapped at a bus stop and she, you know, they're like, where is he? You know, what should we do? And she went Oh, no hurry. Cause he's dead. He's gone. We're looking for a body. Now is what we're doing. And they went to me and I said, he's alive and we only have like, you know, not long because I don't see this boy being killed, but I kept seeing somebody else being killed. And they looked at me like I was strange. And I said, I'm going to draw you a map because this is where he's at. And I drew them a map and they go "Ah, i don't know christy you know sylvia brown says this yeah and i'm like okay well i'm just telling you what i see i'm this isn't a competition you know it's just not well they ended up um sylvia wanted me to do a cruise of hers Mm -hmm. and i was like i'll think about it this was during the same time and she uh ended up i was right they ended up finding this boy and another boy that had been kidnapped, I think, two years previous. And the kidnapper was actually going to kill that other boy because he had Ooh. gotten too old for him. And so they were like, well, you know, we were listening to Sylvia and we're so sorry. And Sylvia was so bad at me mm-hmm. that I was right. that She's like, I want nothing else to do with you. You are not going to be part of my crew. So oh, I was canceled on her crew. <laughs> so. And then she passed away. And then she passed away. So.
1: How come these people don't know when they're going to die? Like, why would they say, all right, yeah, sure, okay. uh," And we booked it. Let's say that uh, we booked her in January to come on the show in June.
2: I will say, though, that I I don't want to know when I'm going to pass, and Mm -hmm. I don't want... Any client that comes to me, I it's it's not my job to yeah. be the grim reaper and to have hand over expiration dates. You know, it it's just something that I feel we're supposed to. Even as you know, mediums, we're supposed to live in the now. Yeah. And if we're so caught up in the past or in in the future, because a lot of times these mediums get very sick. A lot of them don't live long life. She actually lived a very long life for for being a psychic, um, because we're so caught up in the in between. You know, so I'm dealing with death all day, every day. And I have to make myself intentionally connect to the now and with my kids and my husband so and how do, my how dad. Do, how, do and, and how do you balance
1: text. it? How do you, how do you balance this between the living, the dead? And and do you get, ever get any peace? Because I'm sure when you go out and you're traveling with your family or you go to the local mall, these spirits must know that you have the ability to see and hear them. And how, how do you kind of say, look guys, I'm, I'm off leave me alone
2: I don't really know how to do that and that's that's probably my problem that's probably my problem Um, I can tune it down Mm -hmm. most of the time but I can't turn it off and and probably that's a good thing but I, I try to set boundaries like I would with people you know, like social media, you know, right now I've got all these messages from people who are like, can you give me a free reading? You know, so even to the other side, I'm like, I want to help you. I really do. Mm -hmm. That, that is something that I think is my job along with helping the police. I volunteer, it gets unpaid. And, you know, so, and I want to help these lost souls and these spirits to tell their stories. And, but there's a place and a time and I have to have the business hours that are open. And a lot of times those business hours are my nighttime. So I think even in journey, I talk about how my nighttime is a lot like being at the secretary of state or the DMV, you know? So it's like, take Mm -hmm. a number. And there's only so many, you know, that I allow per night or per week.
1: Do you get a peaceful night's sleep? Rarely. Rarely.
2: Yeah, rarely. And thankfully my husband is very understanding. Of that, and you know, if I'm wandering around or if I'm, mm-hmm. you know, eyes wide, wide open, he puts the earplugs in, you know, puts the blanket over his head. He's got yeah. a CPAP machine on. He's he's dead to the world most of the time. So he's like, whatever you do, you it's oh, good. Wow. Um, but no, not a lot of peace. I I really I don't, and I like my sleep.
1: I do. I, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Right, right. Do, do you find that the dearly departed on the other side also infiltrate your dreams?
2: Yeah, a lot of times, even if I do like paranormal investigations, Mm -hmm. um, they'll come to me the night before and kind of tell me where I'm going to go and who's going to be there and the experiences. I had that recently at an old mobster type of a location that was that was very well known for um, some some criminal activity. And so the night before I had some dreams with the people that were going to visit me there in in spirit so wow. it's, it's actually kind of i my friends say i'm a cheater because i get like the cheat sheet the night before <laughs> and and i i used to do that with school too yeah. i there would never be a pop quiz in my world or a snow day i would know wow. when to turn the alarm off
1: well something we have here in my world is called a commercial break with the news and that's what we have to take right now but you knew that because they already told you that a few
2: seconds ago. <laughs> exactly
1: Christy, stand by. ExoNation. Christy Robinette is our very special guest. Christy is in the Detroit, Michigan area. Her website is www.christyrobinette.com, and she is the author of Journey to the Afterlife. And Christy and I will be back on the other side of this break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, Mutual Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio, Simul Radio, and Simul TV. Whatever you do, don't go away. We'll be back shortly. Exonation. My guest this hour is Christy Robinette. Her website is christyrobinette.com. She's the author of Journey to the Afterlife. And Christy, how can those who have a legitimate reason for trying to communicate with someone who has departed, how do they know who to trust with this, with this very personal and very, very private communication that they want to give across? You know, how do they, how do you know who the charlatans are? Who do you, you know, how does anybody know these days with... With the internet all it takes is a domain name a website and away you go
2: yeah i i think that the best is just like if you're looking for a good plumber Mm -hmm. is to ask for recommendations yeah
1: but there's no angie's list for psychics no, mediums. there's
2: not. You know, and I actually worked in the Michigan area mm-hmm. to work on licensing or at least registration. Right. And the, the state was like, that's just too involved. Really? And I kept saying, you, do you know how much money we would be able to rebuild our roads yeah. if that happened? Because if you had to register, there was just no way to, for them to monitor that, though. But I was all for it because they can come out of the woodworks, like I said, you know, after three three hours, mm-hmm. you know, of of a psychic but there there really is I, I there really isn't anything other than you can trust your gut instinct you know if it feels like a charlatan it probably is if it feels like a witch doctor yeah, you, it probably is
1: but you know unfortunately people who are at that p- point in their life where they're looking for answers from the other side they're desperate logic and reasoning does not fit into you're the right. equation
2: you're right you're right i I, I have a list. When I actually I was trying to look for it really quick and I can't find it on my computer. I in one of my books and it's not Journey. I think it's it's the one previous to that. I actually have a list of things that you should look at to to look to search out somebody who is you know worthwhile mm-hmm. for you to go. But I still think you know even the recommendations. Um, when, when I, I've had people say, can you do a test reading on me? And I'm like, no, you know, yeah. I would love to have the time for that. I just don't. Um, I, I think that it's, you know, looking at their values because just like that doctor might become, you know, well recommended to somebody, you go to that doctor and you're like, I do not like that doctor. I don't like exactly. what he stands for. I don't like what his ideas are. And it doesn't necessarily mean that that doctor's a terrible person. He's just not matched to your vibration. Mm-hmm. So it's it's sometimes it is, you know, interviewing, you know, I've had people say, well, that they don't like me. And, you know, no that, way. it hurts my feelings. No way. I know it hurts my feelings. Hey,
1: it hurt my feelings um, to hear that,
2: too. <laughs> But it's, it's, you know, especially anytime I put mm-hmm. out a book on heaven, I get a lot of controversy, which I always think is really interesting. Um, I was on another radio show, and I always get hate mail after that radio show. <laughs> and it's always because I'm talking about heaven. And it's like I'm so confused.
1: Why? Why would anybody send you hate mail because of heaven?
2: It, it's something that really honestly baffles my mind. I think that because some people, not all people, some people are looking for the proof. And, you know, I can only give you the experiences or the, the messages. Wait a that sec. Hold I on here. Received. Hold
1: on here. Hold on here. They're looking for the proof of heaven or the proof that you actually. The proof of
2: heaven. No, the proof of heaven.
1: Well, wait a sec. Wait a sec. Wait a sec. How can they get proof of heaven when they can't even get proof of God?
2: Well, that's just it, yeah. and and I talk about that, and I talk about near death experiences. You know, that's the only pr- so called mm-hmm. proof that you're going to get. But we we go into this world with blind faith. We go out of this world with blind faith. You know, if we even keep the faith. Mm-hmm. So I'm I, I kind of think that sometimes. I don't know that I've, they, they believe that I have this magic potion and I'm holding it on, you know, I'm holding it close to me and I'm not sharing everything. And it's just so interesting. The emails that I get. you know, from, we completely went off on a tangent and I am so sorry, it's um, right. but it, it's so, it's so interesting because what one person, like I said, mm-hmm. is going to think is valid. Yeah. Another person is not going to think that. Hey, on, we're a crazy society.
1: Yeah, and on this show, if we go off on tangents, there's usually a good reason for doing it. So, you know, this is a conversation between two people. Like we don't have right. a script. You know? <laughs> right,
2: we're not actors. It goes right back to exactly to what we were saying. <laughs> exactly. How hard is yeah. it?
1: How hard is it for you as a mom to deal with a case where there's a child involved, and how do you keep that distance?
2: It's horrific. the The child cases are probably the the toughest. They're mm-hmm. the ones that have changed me in in many different dimensions. And instead of numbing me, I think that they they push me forward um, more. And I value my family even more when I go through that. There was one case that a little girl was taken from her couch um, in the dead of night. And was found the next day brutally murdered oh and, and found in and only three years old and found in a river. And I was brought in on the case. Um, this was actually a really interesting case because I was originally brought in by the defense attorney of somebody that was being um, prosecuted for the crime. And I had so much information that they didn't trust me. And they ended up turning me over to the prosecu <laughs> They turned me over to the prosecuting attorney And, um, it, and it was good because I ended up helping the defense get off and so that they could focus on the person that was supposed to be charged. So it was a positive that they did that. But, um, I I could still remember the detective and I standing next to the grave of this little girl and just sobbing and me going home and staring at my kids who were little at the time and, just so, you know, grateful, but you know, if you ever want to wonder if there's evil in the world, you know, there's your proof.
1: Yeah. I saw much of that when I was on the police force myself. So I understand exactly what you're talking about.
2: And and you yourself know, you know, this detective ended up retiring soon after Mm -hmm. because it was something that truly damaged him in, in many different ways. And he, he just couldn't handle it. He ended up going into politics, of all things, um, afterwards because he f- still felt like he wanted to make a change in the world, but he said he could never do another child case again, yeah. ever.
1: When, when, when you're being contacted by those on the other side, is there usually a, a time period when they, when they try to make contact with people on this side, or it just happens when it happens?
2: Yeah. There's, there's no fast and hard rule Mm -hmm. with that. Um, I've had people who have received a message from their loved one before they even know, knew that their loved one had passed away, you know, so they, they had that visit or they even had that phone call from them only for them to receive a phone call or contact right after that, that person had suddenly passed away that night before or such. Um, A lot of times I say wait about six months earthly time Mm -hmm. for that message just to let them get acclimated to the other side. It's it's sort of like they're moving clear cross country and they have to figure out what they want to do and they have to unpack and they have to kind of get used to that altitude as well in the communication because they don't have vocal cords in order to communicate with us. And then we have to grieve too so and and the first thing that the easiest way is for them to visit with us in our dreams and what often happens when we lose somebody we love is we don't sleep or we take a sleeping aid or alcohol or pills or you know some something that numbs us and so they can't get through it's a lot like plexiglass between the two of the two Hmm. of the griever and and the one on the other side
1: according to those that you've communicated with on the other side what happens at the moment of death
2: It depends. Uh, we kind of get a choice. We we and, and we've seen this from those that have had near-death experiences and and have come back Mm -hmm. and and i've seen this from those souls that have crossed over those that are in the in-between still that they say that you know they have that bright white light some say they go up a staircase some say they don't go down a staircase some say they go through a doorway so everyone kind of has their own peaceful experience whatever brings them that peace and then they're pretty much given a choice if they want to cross over into that realm Of that unknown with blind faith those that do they they go to their afterlife those that don't um, kind of get stuck in in what I call the in-between and some call it purgatory
1: so how do they get from the in-between or purgatory to where they should be and where is that place if they don't want if they didn't want to cross into or go to the 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 bright light and they decided to go to purgatory instead. Is is there a routine, or is there a, a way that they can finish what they what they wanted to stay behind for,
2: and then yeah, not later... unfinished business. Yeah, yeah. Um, they can. I mean, they they definitely can try to you know, talk mm-hmm. or communicate with their loved one. This is why the line is so long, you know, in my bedroom, you know, because a lot of them have unfinished business, you know, with regards to that. And and I don't do the ambulance chasing. So yeah. I have had, I've only had, I've had a couple where it's been like a 911 case where I've had a spirit say, this is my loved one. And I'm worried that they're going to commit suicide or they're going to end their life. And so I need you to call them. There's only been, there's been a couple um, handful of times where I have done that, you know, it, it's not like the doll, you know, or the note that I left is here, or right. the money's in the wall, you know, it's none of that. Um, but it's more of the 911 cases. So those are the unfinished business. And there's always a, a light on in a funeral home. Mm-hmm. And there's always a light on in a hospital. So, um, you know, they can cross over, they don't necessarily need a medium to do that. And eventually they, they do. But we see that a lot in like larger, like the 9 Okay, Christy, we've got to take our war. break.
1: Please stand by. Explanation. Nation, Christy Robinette is our guest, and Christy and I will be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon talking about Journey to the Afterlife, and that is the name of Christy's book. And once again, her website is christyrobinette.com. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. Christy Robinette is my guest of the Sour Rock Nation. Her website is www.christyrobinette.com. And that's K-R-I-S-T-Y-R-O-B-I-N-E-T-T dot com. And the name of her book is A Journey to the Afterlife. First of all, Christy, thank you so much for being on the show with me. This hour has gone fast. We'll have, you, have to have you back on in the near future because we have yet so much to discuss. So thank you for being here.
2: Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Um, in your book, Christy, The uh, Journey to the Afterlife, you talk about hell. Is hell like it is supposed to be as described by religion?
2: Not exactly. Hmm. Um, hell is definitely a darker place, but it's it's very much like if anyone has gone through that deep depression, mm-hmm. you know, that sadness where you just don't feel, you know, as if you can move forward yeah. any longer. Hell is a bit more in your head, you know, dark rather than taking coal and, and, you know, shooting it into the coal mine.
1: Well, something that people forget, and that is they think that grief is only at a time of death, but grief comes with many other parts of life. Grief comes when you move, believe it or not, from one place to another. Mm -hmm. What some people call stress is our anxiety is actually grief. Um, making new friends, believe it or not, starting a new job, losing your job, going through a divorce, a separation. There are so many ways that the body and and the mind, the soul and the heart have to contend with these these changes and 95% of these changes are totally unexpected and we suffer grief. What is your suggestion as someone who deals with this on a daily basis, if not hourly basis? What is the best way to to handle grief? What is the best way to get yourself back on track?
2: Yeah, it's surprising that people are are surprised mm-hmm. that grief is associated with joy as much as it is with sadness. It's the Catholic Church, they smudge between masses, you know, whether it's a wedding yeah. or whether it's a funeral. You know, they cleanse that energy because we don't do and we don't do that enough. You know, in in our normal Life. So, what do we do? You know, what should we do? Is honestly kind of shut the world off every once in a while. You know, there's that whole saying that your computer electronics will work better. You know, if you unplug them and plug mm-hmm. them back in. We need to do that to ourselves. Reboot. We do. Yeah. We need to do the control alt delete every once in a while. Clear out all of those brain tabs and and start all over again. And that sometimes is exactly what we're missing in our life we're so consumed with all of life's everything that we need you know people cringe you know Mm -hmm. when you hear this m word is to meditate you know but it doesn't have to be the whole yoga you know um thing it can just simply be taking a walk or going to a concert or going to dinner with friends and keeping the phone in your in your purse or your pocket so it really honestly is just kind of going back to the simple times
1: I meditate every night, except I don't do it in the traditional way, where the uh, you know, with the the way that people associate with meditation. What I do when I get home, at around three o'clock in the morning, is I grab myself a glass of water and I go into the living room, and I sit there with all the lights off, and that's my time, that's and I perfect. just sit there and purge everything that's happened during the day, and if you were to ask me tomorrow morning, well. Most of the time, who my guests were the night before, I couldn't tell you.
2: Yeah, I do that with my clients as well. I do what's called a brush off. Mm -hmm. And I actually, I go and I rinse my hands with water. And I envision all of that energy just going down the drain and it it being helped, like whatever energy that needs to be healed and loved, you know, that that's doing that, but that I'm not carrying it anymore. And I didn't do that for a long, long time. And I suffered for it.
1: I, I don't, I do that not because I want to forget who my guests are, because right. the next day, you know, I'll, I'll find, you know, everything will work itself out. But when you're doing five shows a night, four guests a night, that's 20 guests a night, 80 guests a week, 80 guests that's a, a lot. Yeah, No, wait a minute, that's 80 guests a month. I'm sorry. You know, it's just overload.
2: It is, yeah and I don't do it to forget them either yeah. I mean I don't necessarily forget them but I just don't carry all of the content and the the energy Well that was a
1: nice way to put it I like that
2: yeah, yeah you're like who are you again <laughs>
1: just... All right my, my guess this hour is I, I'm sorry your name again is yeah no we don't <laughs> right. do it we don't go that way we don't do it that way but it, you just have to have some me time and I think that's what meditation does it allows you to have that me time that you weren't afforded to or weren't afforded during the day because of everything else that you have to do.
2: No, we're tethered to everything. Our phones, our laptops, our our everything. We can't even eat a meal without updating everybody what we're eating. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. And we wonder why we're such a society of stress and anxiety and, and jealousy and and bullying because it's constantly a life filled with comparisons and to connect to the other side because the other side doesn't have any of that thank goodness that that
1: brings up a very interesting point with all these new electronics and the microwaves and the Delta waves radio waves how do the modern electronics affect those on the other side
2: Well, they can utilize them in an electronic way like they always have, you know, so they can scramble stuff. But it it definitely it it is harder. They can be even if you look at the paranormal shows, Mm -hmm. you know, they're looking at their gadgets and the spirits are standing right in front of them. And they're missing the messages and the shadows and, you know, the signs that they're getting right in front of them. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's because that doesn't create the ambience that viewers want to
2: see. Yeah, they need something that's making a loud noise and shining all these lights.
1: Because at the end of the day, 99.99999 of these so-called reality paranormal shows are anything but. And no matter what the show is on TV, you have to sustain ratings. If you don't sustain ratings, you're gone.
2: Absolutely. This is why I have no television show. I've been... I've been asked to sign on several times over, but mm-hmm. part of the contract always states, if it's not exciting enough, we're going to script it. Yep. Nope, not going to happen in my world.
1: I, I was a consultant for a number of years with the TV show Creepy Canada. And one thing that I respect a lot from Brian O'Day, who was the executive producer, Bill Burke, who was the, the director, it was non-scripted. And if there was a Perfect. script, it had to be correct there was no embellishment there were no uh, shaky night camera shots it was done professionally and
2: i love that yeah and that's the way that it should be unfortunately even paranormal investigating and sometimes even mediumship mm-hmm. is a lot like watching paint dry you know it's not so exciting <laughs> exactly.
1: yeah just like police work you know, you, know you, you there isn't a crime solved every every 44 <laughs> every minutes hours yeah exactly now? it doesn't work like that you know, I remember many of cold nights sitting in a car doing surveillance. Boring. Or paperwork, right? Oh or gosh, paperwork. paperwork yeah.
2: <laughs> that's not exciting either. Nope. And 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 that's where you know when when Teresa Caputo and the Long Island Medium came mm-hmm. out on television, you know, and and still today everybody thinks you know I'm going to be running around the grocery store giving free readings, you know, instead of buying my coffee and my eggs and it's it's so it's so baffling that tv really kind of re describes the role of whether it's law enforcement, yeah. ambulance drivers, you know, 911 operators, or what have you, mm-hmm. and that's what we associate being real and true, and that's kind of scary.
1: Well, the difference between uh, Caputo and yourself is that when you're when she's in the when she's doing her grocery, she's usually followed around by a camera crew because they're getting footage for her next show. And you well, and, and-, and you are Pardon. just a down to earth hard working honest person who is there helping people and helping spirits
2: think I was going and yeah and I'm the one that's pulling the coupons out of my. hey birthday.
1: listen I, I, my wife and I are Groupon's biggest uh, customers
2: <laughs> it's great why people price but yeah it and it's and it's true and I laugh you know especially when and, and I'm ruining reality reality television for people but because I have done some television but when you when you go to talk to a complete stranger mm-hmm. and they're on camera they're not a complete stranger they have to sign a release form yep. before anything is done so there is no surprises. It, it might be a surprise to the person, but it's not a surprise to the you know the the background producers and such. You know, it, there there is no spont, spont spontaneous. I can. I'm an English major. Spontaneity. You know, with regards, to, I can get this. I know you're <laughs> I know you are supporting me over there. I am with um, with television. You know, mm-hmm. unless you're you know the the eight o'clock news, you yeah. know, or the six o'clock news or what have you. So it's it just doesn't happen. And it's, it's interesting because I always look at the other side as to how they're comparing, you know, reality television. And they're over there going, this is what they're basing what we're doing on. Is this really? Really? You know, they're, they're a little bit judgmental in have been going, really? And you can't <laughs> blame somebody... them.
1: You can't blame them, really. <laughs> no. Listen, the, the time has come when you and I must stay so long for tonight. But like I said, we're going to have you back on because I still had so many questions to talk to you about. I want to ask you more about your book that's entitled A uh, Journey to the Afterlife. So do me a favor, come back again and visit us soon.
2: I'd love to. Thank you so much.
1: I want to thank you ever so much and let our listeners know how they can find out more about you and how they can get your book. Books. Oh,
2: books. Uh, yeah, I'm on Amazon Books a Million, any place books are sold. And my website is Christy Robinette. Robinette.com.
1: Christy, take care of yourself. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us here in the X-Zone. And uh, the next time you're speaking to somebody from the other side, let them know that there's another human who, who respects them. And I highly respect the work that you do. I'll be back on the other side of this break, Nation, as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to find out more about the Exxon Radio Show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit our website at www.exxoneradiotv.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.